There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Cult Popshire podcast was brought to you by our Patreon. If you want to tell us which films we should watch or get two extra exclusive podcasts a month, then please consider joining the cult and donating at www.patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Over to you, bro C. Bro C. Brody. Um, bro, very good. You'll find out why that's very good momentarily. What's up, sports fans? Um, what's up, <laughs> podcast fans? Oh. Uh, or, or people who don't like this podcast and are just listening to uh, fuel your own hatred. Yeah, and to give us our first two-star iTunes review. It finally happened, guys. Yeah. We we had our average thrown off. We had, you know, we had an episode released on the worst idea of all time um, podcast feed, and we're like, this will be a great boost for us. And the most tangible result we've got from it so far is someone gave us a negative review on iTunes. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you do like the show, go over to iTunes right now and give us a five-star review so that we don't... Um, suffer any longer because that's thrown our whole average off. We were like at like a four point five, and now we'll be, I don't know, four. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, but we we have had another tangible thing, which is uh, someone reached out to us. That's true. Yes, that was very someone kind. named Olivia reached out to us and said that the podcast helped her through a hard time, which is like a message I've wanted to receive ever since I started listening to podcasts. To just know that other people are suffering. <laughs> yeah. Well, because whenever I listen to podcasts and they read out fans, fan mail, they always talk about how it's got them through like hard times. And it's like, one day, one day that'll be us, Richard. Mm. And that day has come. So shout out to yeah. Olivia. And uh, while we're giving shout outs, uh, there's a... A little buddy of mine that I want to shout out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little guy you might have heard of called Jaws, 1975. Nice. So uh, this is Welcome Along to Film Franchise Fortnights on the Cold Popture Podcast. Uh, I am Richard, and that over there is AJ. Hello, everybody. I'm AJ. And uh, yeah, so this is a podcast where every two weeks we watch every film in a sometimes randomly, sometimes Patreon selected franchise, but we'll get to that more later. Um, And then uh, we come here and talk about it for you fine people. So uh, this week it's the Jaws quadrilogy. Not a, not a lot of people know the didn't didn't lay apart. Are you alright? When they're when they're doing Yeah? What? Are you just making that weird noise? Uh, yeah. Are you sick? Oh my god, it's a shark. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one came out in nineteen seventy five, was directed by Steven Spielberg. Who? And uh what's this one about? <laughs> what a fuck, what a good joke. Alright, I've written down the synopses for all four of these films. Um saying who to who's Steven Spielberg. Oh, I didn't hear you. I just heard you go, fuck, what a good joke. And I was like, oh, it's just his name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've written down the synopses to all the all the movies, and they go from 
uh, short to shorter to longer to very long. So that, if that's an indication of the <laughs> diminishing quality of films, then uh, there you go. So the first Jaws is about uh, the small beach town of Amity Island, USA, is rocked by a string of great white shark attacks, which threaten the lives and wallets of the residents <laughs> of its thriving tourist-based economy. Uh, it's up to the police chief Martin Brody, marine biologist Matt Hooper, and professional shark hunter Quint to hunt down the shark and kill it. The classic, the the original blockbuster. Am I? Yep. Is that yeah? Yeah, that yeah. is correct. Uh, yeah, it's regarded as the first summer blockbuster. I think it was the first film to make over a hundred million dollars. Uh, it was the highest grossing film of all time up until um, Star Wars came out a couple of years later. But yeah, this completely cinema as we know it today wouldn't exist without Jaws. And it's strange, isn't it? Because it is a blockbuster, but it's also kind of a horror movie. And it's also yeah. kind of a, a, a B, B movie, you know, like it's 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 an amalgamation of different things that... It doesn't fit into any of the the modern boxes of of cinema these days. The modern box offices. Oh shit! Whew. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. Well, and so it's uh, based on a book. Mm. Interestingly. Um. And apparently, yeah. So the book came out in 1974 as well. Right. Um. So only a year beforehand. And um. Yeah. Spielberg said he read the book and um was rooting for the um the shark because the character <laughs> the characters are really unlikable so i think they maybe changed that a little bit but um yeah no 27 year old spielberg made this film and look at what we're doing with our lives yeah 27 years old made what is literally one of the greatest like examples of the art form of film and yeah. we're here talking about it what 40 50 years how much 40 years later 100 a hundred thousand years later we'll <laughs> still be talking about jaws on this podcast yeah because this wasn't even like his first film as well. It was yeah. his third film. Really? Um, That's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely early Spielberg. But um, yeah, so this, um, so he would have been 23 when he made his first film, Duel. And then yeah. 20 when he made Amblin, which is a short film. Mm. Fuck that, eh? Imagine being that talented that young. I don't have to imagine, dude. I'm just talented in different ways. Nice. I like to think I'm the Steven Spielberg of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. You can be the Robert Zemeckis if you like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who do you think the film? Oh. oh. They are very comparable kind of filmmakers. Eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, one thing that's like interesting about this film, like you said, it's about not fitting into the the box office, um, you know, what we have today. There is a lot of like subtlety and really interesting kind of like comments on the idea of masculinity jerkin mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah i've heard this before i don't i i because i knew it's supposedly a film about masculinity i was reading into it in that in that way so i i maybe found stuff just because yeah I was looking well because because i'd say like the three main characters you got quint uh hooper and brody who you mentioned um mm-hmm. they kind of they portray masculinity in different ways um because like right. quint is obviously like brawn and like action like body and then hooper is the brains and then brody's like the heart mm. and so it's three different ways that you are all you know arguably masculine in their own way and uh, uh, the movie i think does a good job of shifting between 
which one you think is right for the job at the time yeah yeah it's, it's like a, it's like a video game <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is like yeah like constantly switching between the three characters be- because of what the side mission currently mm. currently requires you to do yeah yeah that's a great way to put it um but we are covering this because mm-hmm. this is um halloween season it's the spooky season and we we what happened was we we wanted to cover a spooky franchise in uh october so we put it up on our we put a list of i think 10 horror franchises up on our patreon and the one with the most votes won and it was this one um but i guess it kind of you get a bit of diminishing returns as it goes on but would you would you consider this a horror movie um uh, it is it, out of the t- out of the 10 we put up i think it's the least it's the the one you could apply least horror conventions well maybe actually not maybe for the time it's actually quite trailblazing mm. because it is i was thinking about it in terms of horror and i was like could jaws uh fight freddie and jason you know like <laughs> is he one of these these iconic villains even though it's a different shark in each film is he one of these iconic villains that, that we talk about when we talk about the more like clear-cut horror franchises i would say this is a scary movie but I don't know if it's a horror movie. Yeah, it, 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 and it, it's also, I guess, you have to think about, like, the 70s as well, that, like, horror is different. And, like, we talked about this, actually, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a little bit, that it was, like, um, you know, the going out to the country was safe because mm. you couldn't get hurt out there. And now we associate that with, like, horror. And I think that Jaws the book, because I, I think Jaws the book, as far as I'm aware, was quite a big you know cultural phenomenon as well and then the movie coming out a year later um that you know it changed people's perceptions of sharks and of the, the water essentially and a quite an inaccurate perception of sharks as i've come to learn yeah well there's actually a thing called the jaws effect which is um resulted in uh, apparently one third of all sharks are endangered because um because of this movie essentially and the book is that people have um people just hate sharks um mm. the the writer of the book um actually after like this film and stuff came out he devoted the rest of his life to like promoting awareness that sharks aren't that bad and that you know they're they're misrepresented and you know did work for like charities and stuff like that the conservation um because yeah i mean i guess they're just misunderstood but it's people don't feel bad hunting sharks and so uh, yeah, there's a thing called the Jaws effect, which is using uh, something's portrayal in um, movies or in the media to like fuel your own agenda, like to, to make people feel some way about something. So the Trump campaign was accused of this a lot um, mm-hmm. with like, you know, attacking Muslims and African-American mm. people and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting that, that it's this thing that like like if you google the jaws effect it's like the the think pieces about it are from like the mid to like 2010s even though you know this has been around for yeah, yeah. 40 years before that yeah well, i guess because of the, the trump stuff god you can find trump era political commentary in anything can't you <laughs> <laughs> Do it in the jaws effect talking about jaws um had you seen this movie before this podcast that's a good question uh no i hadn't uh this this was my go-to uh film i'm ashamed to say i haven't seen kind of thing Mm. and um i now 
no long now I'm ashamed to have seen it. Um, <laughs> but I would, uh, yeah, this is a film because I think th- there's a, a movie theater near me that um, plays old films on like the 35 millimeter. Um, and so I've, I've been to it like once or twice and, but they, they have some real good films on sometimes. And I'm, I'm pretty sure it was this, they had Jaws um, like a couple of months ago kind of thing. And I almost, maybe, maybe I was actually busy that day, but Jaws has been one that since we've done this podcast now, I've like put off watching because I've like right you know like i don't really watch franchise films in my spare time anymore um yeah, because you i don't wanna... know when you'll have to rewatch it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah interesting yeah but um i liked it yeah did you love it yep would you say you get why it's so highly regarded uh yeah i do i mean like okay let's let's break it down for a bit so i think that maybe i yeah, I, yeah, I can definitely see why this would be someone's favorite film, kind of thing. It's not mm. my favorite film. I can appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny, like saying, "Oh, it's not my favorite film." It's like that's that means it's below average, but it's like <laughs> it, liter- it literally doesn't. It just means it doesn't hold the place as number one. It could be the second favorite, but um, yeah, I um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's cool, and and it's definitely incredible and did a lot of, and pioneered a lot of things um but i definitely do want to watch it again and if there is an a screening of it in a movie theater i would love to go to that because watching it Ooh. with like fans of jaws as well um, yeah yeah exactly would be good because i think as well my um this podcast and my uh mission to watch a film every day this year has Im- negatively impacted my ability to absorb films um right so i um and i'm i'm actually like i mean i'm gonna see it through to the end of the year because we're not we only got a couple months left and i'm almost i gotta make it to 400 films um this year but fuck i'm looking forward to not doing it next year (laughs) interesting i'd never asked you about it i just assumed you were loving it and feeling very cultured and and educated because because it started as a as an as an attempt to watch more uh like classic films i haven't seen and and there are times like often on a sunday i'll like make sure i put on a film that is one that i've been wanting to watch for a long time but um the amount of times i have to like watch half of a movie before i go to work and then watch the second half on the bus home and shit like that and um Mm. and yeah it's it's just it's mostly most of the time it's just inconvenient but it, it is like um because i also like if i've got the day off i'll often just like watch watch mojo and and just like youtube videos while trying to think of a movie to watch and then it gets too late and you go oh well so this is like forcing me to just make that decision um Mm. so that was kind of the behind it but yeah i because i am absorbing things like so much it it is harder to take in. i read a thing once that was like you can quite easily remember your phone number usually i mean not not so much these days but you can remember your phone number and maybe your friend's phone numbers or whatever but if you were given a new string of like 10 numbers every day to remember and then on like the third day someone was like oh what was what was long from three days ago you would struggle to remember it you know because you're just getting Mm. so much information and that is kind of what it's like um interesting that i'm not um like if, if i see a film in the cinema it's more it's definitely a lot more um you're you're in it kind of thing 
But yeah, well, that's because um, you're environmentally. Yeah, you're, you're like you know, uh, you're conditioned to know that you're watching a movie and and you're yeah, you're yeah. absorbing it and stuff like that. And there are and uh, there are certain movies as well that really like drag you in. Uh, from when we were recording this, El Camino, the Breaking Bad movie's coming out tonight, and so that's like a I'm probably gonna leave my phone in the other room, turn all the lights off, and like do not talk to me while I'm watching this movie, kind of thing. But anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Um, but no, yeah, oh, so good. anyway, yeah, that 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 all 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 to say. I would love to watch Jaws again in a cinema. This isn't to say that I like didn't pay attention to it or like I didn't get it or anything like that. It's just that I have this. It's a drop weird... in a bucket of every other movie. Yeah, exactly. Watched, exactly. Yeah. It's hard to um analyze it so isolated from yeah. everything else. And then also immediately following it with two and three and four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I have similar feelings about this film uh, as you because while I'd seen it before, I'd seen it when I was like seven or eight and my parents showed me it in the classic like, this is the movie that scared mum and dad. <laughs> um, there's a, I remember there's a, there's a, there's a part and probably the scariest part of the first Jaws film is when um, Hooper is in, in scuba gear and he's investigating a, a a sunken ship and a decapitated head falls out of the of the ship and the yeah. music just flares and it it is quite it's almost like an early version of a jump scare in a, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh, um and i remember my mum telling me the story that she walked back into the theater after going to the bathroom and as she walked back into the theater that moment happened and everyone started screaming and she just was like walk trying to find her chair while screaming <laughs> screaming um so yeah i hadn't seen it since i was a little kid so I'd ostensibly not seen it, you know, yeah. like I, I do wish I'd grown up with this film. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I wish it, it was ingrained in my culture this, and my like growing up the same way something like Back to the Future was. And it's it's frustrating because, and I have this with a few different films, which as I've I've seen as kid as a kid, and then watching it as as an adult, where you watch it before you understand what makes a good film. You watch it before you even know you're into film, and you watch it as just you know whatever and then as you grow up and as you get into film you come to find people regard it as one of the best films ever made and it's like okay okay yeah i don't disagree i don't remember enough of the film to be able to to um Mm. jump on that but yeah it's so it was cool to see it again and be able to like recognize all the things that makes it one of the greatest films ever made i had i had that with um spider-man 2 that was like one that I I just saw it and was like, oh yeah, cool, yeah. They made a, they made yeah. another good Spider Man movie, fun. And then everyone's like, it's actually one of the best superhero movies of all time, or like one mm. of the best sequels of all the show. And now I can appreciate it, but for so long I was like, why? I can't remember really remember what happens in it. I was like, mm. he fights Doc Ock on the train, and, and yeah, um, yeah. But whereas something like Back to the Future, I think because. I mean, I just fell in love with it when I first watched it because, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, all this stuff. It's a my- lot more accessible for kids yeah, than Jaws. Exactly. It's, it's, it, I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a family movie. And then, um, yeah, I was able to, I, I would rewatch it at different stages of my life and get different things out of it and be able to look at it in a different way. Um, and I wish I'd had that with Jaws. Like, yeah. I'll tell you what had more of an impact on me than Jaws. Um, it was Deep Blue Sea, which I probably saw the oh, yeah. same year as Jaws, which is a much less praised film, but a very scary shark movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of the you know of the very niche subgenre that is shark movie, of which I cannot think of it's another one except maybe the Meg or Shallows. Uh, there's actually there there's a few. Yeah, the Shallows, oh, forty-seven meters down. 
Oh, yeah, and okay. now 48 metres down. Um, have you seen Deep Blue Sea? Uh, no, I haven't. Very scary when I was seven years oh, old. Oh, and Shark Very Tale? Very scary. Martin Scorsese's Shark Tale? What about Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Yeah. There's heaps yeah. of shark movies. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, let's talk about, because, yeah, we, we both sort of talked about uh, our experience with it. But one thing that I think we both uh, would have recognized and appreciated is, um, and actually all films kind of have, we'll go through this with all of the films, but the poster for the film, mm-hmm. it's like one of the most iconic pop oh. culture images of all time, right? Oh, and and it's a, it's a blatant lie about what how big the shark is in the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's such a great, it's just such a great like poster and, and piece of iconography. Like it's like a little with the with the woman up top. It's a little bit sexy, and then it's it's like the promise of fear in a way. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's it's about what's going to happen. It's not about like. Mm. Yeah, um, but also it has a good tagline, uh, one of a few good taglines in the series. But um, uh, yeah, just you'll never go in the water again was the tagline. We talk about ta- taglines sometimes. Yeah. So um, before we move on, uh, it feels weird to not mention this because we always um, go on about uh, behind the scenes stuff. But this this film surely has like some of the most famous behind the scenes trivia of all time. Like it, to the point where I, it feels redundant to, to say because everyone knows it. But the whole, um, the, the opening of the film where she's being like thrashed around and, and you don't see the shark. And then, you know, that was supposed to have the shark in the, that mm. scene. But then that didn't work. So they shot around it and essentially invented suspense in film. <laughs> yeah, they invented the concept of not seeing the monster being scarier than seeing the monster. Yeah. And um, so that they had all these problems with these um, robotic sharks. Uh, apparently the first one that they got um, when they put it on the water, it just sank to the bottom of the ocean. And it's still there to this day. <laughs> it's like, wh- why would you not fucking test that, test that it floats? <laughs> um, but I think it was like they were they, they didn't understand how the salt water would react with the robotics. Right. But I just, just pulled together a couple of um, fun bits of trivia that I found. Um, some of these you probably people probably already know. But um, uh, when John Williams, the famous score, doo-dum, doo-dum, when he first played that to Spielberg, uh, he thought it was a joke. He was like, ah, yeah, that's funny. What, um, what, uh, do you want to show me the Jaws theme, uh, what you've got? And mm. um, yeah, and then now he said that, that he thinks that that attributes essentially that with the um, the success of the film. Well, it's it's the most, um, it's the biggest, uh, le- it's, it's legacy, you know? Like yeah. the music is probably, next to, it's about a shark. The, mm. the music is probably the thing people will, you know, most associate with Jaws. That's a good point. Um, uh, apparently, uh, the the most famous line in the film, what would you say the most famous line in the film is? Uh, uh, we're going to need a bigger boat. It's actually you're going to need a bigger boat. Um, but the... Not as good, but okay. <laughs> um, apparently, there was actually like a running gag on set because the... The uh, boats that they got for the crew, uh, uh, etc., were um, not uh, like they're, they're too small. So for like to to you know take the gear around and shit like that. And so every time something would fuck up, they'd be like, "Oh, you're gonna need a bigger boat." And so that was like he just chucked that in the film. It was ad libbed, and mm. then it became you know the most fucking famous line of the entire film and it's so good and the shot preceding it which is the one that you put up yeah. on instagram where he's like chumming the 
the ocean and he's like why don't you come down here and chum this shit i always remember that clip because he says shit and it's a like it's you forget there's swearing in this movie because it's such a like staple of hollywood but it's actually got heaps of swears in it um and and then the shark pops up and then it cuts to the reverse shot and he like but like jumps up into frame um roy roy shader does the yeah, guy plays Brody. Yeah, Shider. Yeah, um, a man who uh, I rec- I recognize him immediately as the guy from Jaws and have never seen him in anything else. I, yeah, I, I, I thought that as well. Um, he's, got, I- he's got the celebrity, he's got the star power of someone who's been in heaps of different films, but the yeah. only other movie I've seen him in was Jaws 2. Mm. He's in um, 2010. <laughs> A, well, the 2001 a space sequel. odyssey yeah wow. um let's have a look uh he died 11 years ago oh really i don't yeah. know that yeah, he passed away quite, that's quite a wee while ago um well uh i'm just having a look through his indb to see if there's anything else that jumps out at me but um yeah well it's funny it could have gone uh very differently um if he hadn't starred in jaws 2 which is the next film we'll talk about Ooh. um because uh, he actually, he, he reluctantly returned for Jaws 2, 1978, directed by Jeannot Swark. I don't know. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jeannot, if you're um, listening to this. That won't be the worst thing we say about you and your work <laughs> coming yeah. up, though. Yeah, so he actually um, was cast in um, Deer Hunter in Robert De Niro's role. And wow. So he would have been the lead in Deer Hunter, but... Um, he had issues on the set and quit. And then uh, they recast it with um, Robbie D. And then, uh, so he was like only allowed to walk away from that film if he agreed to do this. And so he was like, fuck it, okay. And so wow. that was like, you know, to get out of his contract kind of thing. But he, he got a decent amount of money for it. For Jaws 2. Yeah. Uh, so what, yeah, what is Jaws 2 about? This has got to be one of the most uninspired sequels I've ever seen. So, uh, Jaws 2. Another shark has turned up in Amity Island, and Chief Brody once, uh, must want, now once again risk his job, respect of his colleagues, and his own life to defeat this new shark and save not only the town, but his two sons who find themselves adrift in dangerous waters. This time, it's personal. Nice. The, the, this has got to be... The most well-known, least known movie of all time, right? Yeah, there, there like, was um, yeah, there was an interesting thing you said that the earlier this week. Do you want to elaborate on? Yeah, that? so the only reason people know Jaws two exists is because Jaws three D, which everyone knows exists, implies the existence of Jaws two. I the only thing I'd heard about this movie was the the tagline, which is probably the best. Is is it for this one? Yeah, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Which has is more famous than this fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's you know considered I mean? one of the best taglines of all time. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's like people you know repurpose it for their film, and it's one of those things where it's like this thing that you associate with this um, pillar of pop culture actually comes from the shitty sequel that nobody talks about. Um, yeah, I, it's the the before I'd seen this, I remember asking my dad after I'd seen Jaws, I asked him what Jaws 2 was about and if the characters were back. And my dad was like, oh, I think I've seen it. I think uh, Hooper's back. I think Hooper comes back. Who's, um, what's his name's character? What's that guy's name? Uh, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. And now, uh, I didn't know what he looked like until I saw his. Yeah, do you um, know, because he was in a film uh, that came out like 
on the 1st of January this year on Netflix called The Last Laugh, where it's him and Chevy Chase. And um, Richard Dreyfuss plays like an aging guy who used to be a stand-up comedian and he um, wants to get back in the game kind of thing. And Chevy Chase becomes his manager or something. It's two, you know, that kind of, um, what they call like blue movies where it's like two two old dudes having fun. That's not what a blue movie is. Yeah, it's not at all. Eh? Blue movies like a, a sex bl- movie. blue movie is a low budget porn. But please continue. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. What is the um? Anyway, there's a term for um old people movies. Uh, old people movies. Um, yeah, there's like a sh- subgenre that's something similar to that. Anyway, um, and. I was like, oh, Richard Dreyfuss. That was the first time I'd ever seen him and I'm pretty sure um, came out earlier this year. And then when I was watching the film, I, I thought he was Quint because he looks way more like Richard Dreyfuss looks now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, the only thing I knew about Jaws 2 before I watched it this time was that Hooper returns. And I was like, that makes sense. He's the marine biologist. He's the character who... They would, they would, they would ask for his expertise and all this shit. Yeah, and also, yeah, so it makes sense if the sequels were were about, or at least the first sequel was Hooper having, um, as a marine biologist who's, you know, renowned for having dealt with a great white shark, gets asked by another town, this is my continue the franchise almost, um, to come and deal with another big shark. It's a derivative, but at least you've got the, ex- you've got a reason why this character would end up facing two great white sharks in his life. But no, my dad was mistaken, and Hooper does not return in any of the sequels, but all the sequels have either um, Brody, who's in this one, or his sons in them, mm. meaning that this is like, it's that's the worst thing about the series, in my they opinion. They should call like, it Brody, not Jaws. Well, it's not, not exactly, it's more just like, what are the fucking odds that this same family deals with a shark four times across their lives? Yeah, but then we are, it is... Um- you know, when once we get to Jaws four, we'll get we'll get on about well, Jaws, yeah, why Jaws four is even even, yeah. Um, I I I can't. Be- this movie feels like it's made for. Um, it feels like home video wasn't a thing yet, and so they made Jaws two to remind everyone what Jaws one was like. <laughs> it's so yeah. similar. It's so similar, but nowhere near as good. It's so boring. It feels like it goes for a hundred years. Oh my god! Yeah, it's a touch more ridiculous as well. Like you see the shark get set on fire at a couple points, um, and actually <laughs> yeah. gets killed by biting onto a, an electrical cable under the ocean that fries it yeah and it's Um, very clearly like foam rubber being burnt like it's not it's not burning like flesh yeah and you would you would hope that maybe like a big a big part of the first film is the fact that the mayor of um amity island doesn't want to announce like that there's a shark because it's bad for business um and you would hope at least they come up with a different like interpersonal conflict for the sequel but no it's the same thing the mayor's like, oh, I don't want to announce yeah. this again. He ends up getting fired. It's the same mayor. It's the same yeah, mayor. Well, no, so, so not only, because according to Jaws Wiki, um, it takes place about four years later. Um, so the, the sons have aged a little bit and shit like that. But um, because it's it's four years later, not only has the mayor not been fired, but he's been reelected at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Very strange. And because... It, it's it's like kind of implied in the first film that Amity's like a, a place where nothing happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the series of shark murders, which would make like national news. And so this mayor is known for one thing only. <laughs> yeah. And it's feeding 
the people in his town to a shark. Yeah. And he somehow got elected again. Why is Amity what like or What the- was his re-election campaign <laughs> slogan? <laughs> There's not like it'll be it'll be um you are now safe to go back in the water. <laughs> thanks to me, whatever his name is. Um but like what or at the very least Amity would be um you know how like there's that guy who suffered eight lightning strikes in his lifetime like the world record for most times struck yeah, yeah, by yeah. lightning it'd be like that it'd be like the town of amity has the world record for most great white shark attacks you know but they don't do that at yeah. all throughout the, throughout these films and it just it seems so obvious that the route to go with making sequels to this would be completely isolated different stories about shark attacks in different parts of america new characters you know but they don't they even even past the point where it's marketable to get roy schneider back on board it should be schneider just for the record um but it's not (laughs) it Um, should be rob schneider in the film should be rob schneider should star in the jaws remake um they they you know the second two films are still about the brodies and it doesn't make any sense especially when we get to 3d the career paths these people choose after having life-altering experiences while when they very nearly got eaten by a shark is insane that they would do the things they do later on in their lives but that's yeah. all set up in in this film which is uh it's it's not the, this i would say the series is like each this is such a quintessential franchise in a way because each film is like half as good as the last one. Um, but this is that we've talked about this a few times recently. This is one of those situations where I'd rather watch Jaws 3D than Jaws 2, even though Jaws 2 probably has more craft involved. Yeah. It's, it is not as fun to watch because Jaws 3D is more ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting you say about the, the halving thing because uh, I did think we forgot to mention the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, if you're interested, uh, the first Jaws has 98% and mm-hmm. Jaws 2 has 60%. That's so high by today's what 60% means. I wouldn't call this a fresh movie. I wouldn't put it much below fresh, though. I'd go like yeah. 50%. Um, but a couple of interesting things. So um, this film actually originally had like a way darker more kind of subtle tone so uh it was going to be about amity would have been like a complete ghost town essentially and officials of the town would be in debt to the mafia who had like funded a new resort to try and get people back kind of thing and so it was going to be like all this other like stuff and um this uh john d hancock was uh writing and directing it and a month into production the execs said actually people watched the first one not for the subtle um you know story mm. elements but because of a big shark so chuck it, so much chuck cooler, that, in there. that idea and um yeah it, so they 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 were forced into a more light-hearted approach and i think like like this film came out not in, in the same year as halloween which obviously uh it didn't invent the slasher genre, but it, you know, really pushed it to the to the forefront of, of what horror, what what's expected of horror, mm-hmm. and um, there are uh, like slasher elements to this film. Sure, um, it's it's got a lot of um, like there's a, a lot of sexy teens, yeah, um, who and then they they sort of start to do a picked off one by one thing, but don't really go all the way with it. Yeah, and there's like. Um- like cosmic punishment for being promiscuous 
you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but it does seem like yeah, like they had those elements were like consciously added. Yeah, no, and that, that's what I was sort of saying before is like, who do you think would win in a fight between all our like horror icons and then also the shark from one of the Jaws movies? Yeah, <laughs> it depends. It, it does actually depend on which movie. Like, yeah, who's is there, have you got a kill count by chance? Uh, for each oh, movie me... because the shark because the shark is different in each film and i believe in the first film he was actually referred to as bruce on set is uh, that correct yeah they yeah. He also um spielberg also called him uh the great white turd <laughs> well we'll go with bruce um <laughs> and so i wonder if um i i like that in terms of like it's it's referring to to the mechanism with which the shark kills people and not the name of the shark it's it'd be like if if um well it is it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's gonna be like if it was called Chainsaw, but it is called that. Um, you know, it's it's about the the weapon with which it enacts its 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 horror and violence, and which with all sharks, um, apparently, but also not in real life, enact violence. Uh, all right, I think so. Uh, this could be inaccurate, but just a, a be a ballpark figure anyway. Be a ballpark. Um, don't look yeah, at my beer balls. Entire ballpark. <laughs> so I think uh, Jaws has uh, nine deaths. Really? I thought it was less than that. I thought it was much less That's than that. That's including the shark as well, actually. Okay. Um, the second one has ten. Mm-hmm. You said ten like you were explaining the Kiwi accent to someone who doesn't Yeah, I, I thought that. <laughs> ten? Um, three has eight. All right, this is not providing the fodder for conversation that i was hoping it would and uh the revenge has six <laughs> what the fuck okay that's very strange if that's true i i felt like watching jaws i remember feeling like how many people even die in this movie it feels very although they, yeah actually no they i guess the decapitated head in the ship and stuff like that um yeah yeah okay cool <laughs> i didn't realize this until the, this on the, this thing that um the, the sharks are called bruce in the first one, Brusette in the second one, mm. Brusetta in the um, third one, and um, Vengeance in the fourth. Who would win in a fight between all four of them? Which uh, Bruce Brusette is the one who's killed the most? Yeah, I almost think Brusetta though. Yeah, that's the most angry one. Yeah, like in the third one. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But um, I, it, I, I actually couldn't find the quote anywhere, but we've talked about it before, and I think it's from J.J. Abrams. But talking about how Jaws is about masculinity and about a man trying to find his place in the world, and Jaws Two is about a big shark. Oh, it's the philosophy with which I hang my all my film theory on. Like that changed yeah. my life. And I think it's in his in his Magic Box TED Talk. Yeah, but then I, I I scrolled through and I read the transcript and I couldn't find it, but I remember hearing it in yeah. there as well. We've we've talked about it many times on this podcast, uh, but I've repackaged it as. Um, Aladdin is about uh, self-worth and Return of Jafar is about the Return of Jafar, which is a more extreme mm. fall from quality because there is there is enough substance in Jaws 2 to feel like it's maybe about something, but it's nowhere near as clear-cut. The, like, yeah. the lasting scene that, that stays in my mind um, of the, like, you know, internal story of Jaws is the scene where he's sitting at the dinner table and his, his like, four-year-old son is mimicking his like he's like got his hands on his face and his son sean like copies him and it's i don't know that scene's just very sweet to me and, it, and it's the um the uh, jj abrams says that's one of his favorite scenes and that, maybe that's why film. it stuck with me yeah um because we when he's like um give me a kiss and he's like 
why is it because i need it Mm. yeah that's cool i should try that masculinity masculinity (laughs) asking no real talk those are very positive messages for masculinity it's you know a movie that came out in 1975 you would almost you know not forgive it but understand why it might have some quite reductive ideas to say but it's more that it's like it's like being a man is being okay you know being comfortable and being able to ask ask for what you need and being a man is being okay never show weakness actually no it's the opposite is being a man is 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 looking after your mental health that scene shows us there you go it's mental health awareness week i think right now uh your day yesterday or something like that ticked Box ticked. <laughs> Take that box. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, you mentioned this uh, on, I think you made a video about it, but about how uh, a good, like a good movie doesn't have to be good. Like, yeah, a good movie is with three good scenes and no bad ones. And you mentioned yeah. that um, The Lost World, Jurassic Park is like an example of, you know, it's considered a bad film because it has all these good scenes. A movie with three good scenes and, and one bad one. Yeah. But, um, and because I almost think that Jaws, Jaws 2 kind of reminds me of The Lost World in, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I agree. And it's funny that it's Spielberg's legacy. It's a, it's a sequel to a Spielberg film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they didn't direct this one. But it's, yeah, it, it's like, um, it, yeah, it's got some good stuff, but it's just, Bore, I mean, I guess less in this one. I'd have, I don't have as much to like point out as being like this is what ruined it for me. You know, it's it's honestly, yeah, it's just it's a piece of cardboard. It's yeah. one of those things where it doesn't dip into the ridiculous. It doesn't dip into the stupid. There's no Jar Jar Binks in this movie, or to to use the Lost World again. There's no um, g- teenage gymnast kills a Velociraptor in this movie. It's actually quite harrowing. Like the the experience of the teenagers stuck at sea. Um, is terrifying but because so much of it just feels like retreating the first film it's Mm. just such a boring and uninspired (laughs) journey i think yeah fair Mm. enough let me ask you this um as like a transition between the first two and second two films oh i was just trying to think of a question to ask you as a transition um it's not it's nothing to do with it but it is it could be a fun little discussion point do you prefer jaws or jurassic park what's the better spielberg film uh I, I mean, personally, I prefer Jurassic Park. So do I, but does it not feel like Jaws has more prestigious clout in the world of film? Well, just because just it's older. Yeah, is that because those things are decided by the people who were, t- who were too old for Jurassic Park when it came out? Yeah, I think... <laughs> it, it's funny how similar they are in a lot of ways. Like, they're, they're they kind of scary. Eh? They're like family films. Yes. directed by Steven Spielberg. They're actually about something... They're, they're movies you can watch with the whole family, but for no reason. Like, they've both got swearing and violence and, you know, terror in them. But it's like, these are family films in some weird way. God, God Spielberg was good. <laughs> for, for a guy no one talks about his films anymore. Man, these were good films. Yeah. We made some amazing films. What a hot take. Maybe the hottest take Cole Popper has ever given. Steven Spielberg is a good director. And furthermore, he's not as good as he used to be. <laughs> what a hot take that is. It's funny because I was actually thinking about... So Jaws came out in 1975 and then, what, 18 years later he made um, Jurassic Park. And so oh. 18 years after Jurassic Park, he made um, War Horse. <laughs> 
completing his trilogy of terrifying animal movies. <laughs> it's the same year, actually. To be fair, to be fair to him, it's the same year he made um, uh, Tintin, yeah, which but- I haven't seen, but I've, it's probably be- I've heard it's better than <laughs> I just haven't seen Warhorse. So anyway, um, yeah, we got Jaws. 3D, and according to the tagline, the third dimension is terror. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's actually the so, tagline for the film. That's so bad, isn't it? Like, people people see the post and like, 3D? What's the third one? <laughs> oh, it's terror. <laughs> oh, terror, right. Okay, it's not, um, what, uh, proportional awareness or whatever, it's spatial awareness. What's that yeah, word well, the called? Z, it's the Z-axis, essentially. Yeah, the Z-axis, yeah, yeah. Depth um, perception. Depth perception, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, the, the, the third dimension is depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the third, if you count Machete and Spy Kids as one franchise, this is our third franchise in a row, which have had which has had a 3D film, but each released their 3D film in a very different time in the like Life lifespan of, it, yeah. of, of 3D as a, as a gimmick. Because Spy Kids 3D, this is also the, the third where the 3D movie is actually officially called name of movie 3d which isn't always the case mm. um yeah well the, the, this was done after the success of amityville 3d and friday the 13th part three right okay well there you go so that's that time era right so jaws 3d was the 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 first one in this in this timeline and it was the like the very first in, invent of 3d as a gimmick for films so you've got your red and uh, blue glasses it's it's you know very rudimentary 3D, and then next in the line is like Spy Kids 3D, which was like the throwback, the resurgence. Remember 3D kids, and then somehow Spy Kids 3D led to Avatar, um, which led to Texas Chainsaw 3D, which is like <laughs> the the middling dying end of the 3D resurgence. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was somewhat interesting that we would get these three franchises in a row that each boast a different example of a kind of a, quite a specific aspect of film packaging, I guess, you know? Mm. And uh, what's it about, actually? What's it about? Jaws 3D is set at, like, it's got to be set at least 15 years or so since the last film because yeah. Mike Brody is now played by um, Dennis, uh, Quaid. Dennis Quaid, uh, who's, how old would you say he is in Jaws 3D? 80? The actor, I mean. Yeah. What? No, he's he's got to be in his mid to late thirties, right? Uh, do you want me to actually find out? Dennis sure. Quad, I searched. <laughs> but this, my my point being is, it set something like it was made like four years after Jaws two, but they've yeah aged them up. Quite uh, a lot. Yeah, in the film, he's like twenty nine, and like right. while filming, so we could say early to mid twenties is probably what they're going yeah. for. Um, so Mike Brody, son of Martin Brody, is now the chief engineer at SeaWorld, uh, and his younger brother Sean shows up, who's also from. Um, like you saw these guys as kids and teenagers in the second film. <laughs> Who's also played by Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but Leah Thompson does play his girlfriend in it. Yeah. It was cool to see Leah Thompson in another film um, because she starred in Back to the Future, Howard the Duck, and then like nothing else. But yeah. that's not true. Jaws 3D. Um, so yeah, his younger brother Sean shows up and the brothers find themselves once again confronting a great white shark, which has somehow found its way into the park. Uh, also, it's 3D. Um, I I would say this is the... Out of the four films, you know, obviously enjoyed the first one. This is the closest I came to enjoying one of the sequels would be Jaws 3D. I thought that just, it was funny in a lot of places. It's also the most different. It's the only one that's not set on Amity Island. Mm. Um, And it's, it does feel like were this series to be given the 
Friday the 13th treatment and given hundreds of sequels, this is a good idea. The, the, the water park. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the obvious, it's the in space. It's the it's the sequel trope. It's the prince and the pauper, <laughs> almost kind. Of, you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. it's a, it's an obvious place to change the environment of a sequel to and and then essentially just do the same thing and make it feel fresh. Um, what does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, do you want to guess? Uh, so the last one was sixty. I'm going to guess this is lower, despite saying I enjoy it more. I'm going to guess uh, sub thirty. You're correct. It's got 10. That's so low, isn't it? Mm. Do you think it's a 10% movie? Uh, I, I think it exemplifies what a 10% movie, or like what people wow. think of when they the, think of a 10% has, movie. Is there a movie more visually dated <laughs> is there a movie? than Jaws 3D? Yeah, I don't know. The 3D in this movie, it looks like crate paper cutouts. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> really strangely done, eh? Because so it's, yeah, it, it looks like something's been very like, you know, late early 80s late 70s green screened onto it mm. um yeah it's very clearly two pictures and it's also like the entire film is lower quality because you're only sc- getting one eyes scan of mm. the because you can't watch it in 3d um and apparently you're yeah, like between when it was released in cinema and 2016 when the actual like 3d blu-ray came out um there was very few ways to see this in 3d and like what a strange way to to like look after your your yeah. multi-million dollar film yeah but because you know like you need special like tvs and like all the stuff what that just wasn't available idea. for home release mm. um yeah but yeah so um it's one funny thing in this film is like this is when we sort just the the shark really starts to have agency um mm. it, and it starts to act a lot more like your jasons and your freddies yeah um he's he's like methodical what's she he, it's brucetta true it's the um, it's the mother of of a so they they catch a shark in this and i was like that's jaws he's not very big and then it turns out it's it's a baby jaws and then the mother turns up um baby jaws baby jaws do 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 that's got that's got to exist that a matchup yeah, like that anyway um yeah like Another he skins he skins someone and then like places the corpse like in view of people like it, it, this the, the shark in this film so i keep saying hey um she clearly you sexist chauvinistic pig she it's a clearly woman. is woman um, can be sharks too <laughs> she clearly um is is trying to mentally torture her victims yes. as well as um like the one where the death where she uh, someone like ends up in her mouth and instead of like ripping him to shreds she just like leaves him in there until he thinks he's about to hear a grenade mm. and then um and that's when she finally like crushes him uh, yeah it takes mouth. away what you could argue is the point of the first film which is that this is a man versus nature this is a chaotic force. yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not personal that's almost what's so good about the first film it's not yeah. personal it's yeah. just business. It's just business, baby. Um, and then also there's the the very Saw-esque um, moment where one of the characters is like given the choice between saving two people. <laughs> mm. Yeah. The shark's dark, man. <laughs> um, it's a dark shark. Dark shark. It's a great dark shark. So um, before I get into 
Uh, one of my, even before watching Jaws, this is one of my like ultimate missed opportunity um, films. I'm ready. Um, but not because of this, but this is also a missed opportunity. I just, I stumbled across this and thought it was very funny. But um, the, the writer in this film was um, like forced to write a role for Mickey Rooney. Like the the producer was like, we got to get Mickey Rooney in this film. What uh, you need fuck? to write a role for Mickey Rooney. And do you remember who Mickey Rooney played in the film? No, I didn't know he was in it. No, he's not because he wasn't available. <laughs> and so the writer was just like, "Well, fuck, I'm gonna cut the character then." Aren't I? <laughs> but so this film, Jaws 3D, after making the first two Jaws, the producer, two of the producers, thought we needed to take the sequel somewhere interesting. So they went to um, I haven't written down the guy's name, Maddie Simmons, I think his name was, who was uh, working at National Lampoon, uh, which came, was hot off the back of Animal House. And they uh, said, we want to do a sequel that's like a spoof, you know, take the franchise in a new direction. He wrote a script called Jaws 3 People Zero. Um, Very cool. Yeah, or Jaws 3 People Nothing. But, you know, you get the point. Which is inaccurate because it's actually People 2. Yeah. Jaws Zero. Um, but Well, I guess, unless you mean, if we're talking kill counts, then it's not three. Anyway. Yeah. It's a Definitely. joke. Um, so <laughs> they uh, they spent two point five million dollars on pre production for this film. So um, John Hughes co wrote the script. Um, John wow. Hughes, of, who would go on to write um, Sixteen Candles and Breakfast Club and all those kind of yeah. movies. Um, it uh, Richard Dreyfus agreed to star in it. No shit. Joe Dante of um, who's of course of Gremlins, Looney Tunes, back in action fame. Um, was signed on to direct or, or was, you know, and, and talks to direct. Um, and so the, what the, the brief kind of synopsis of the film. So opened with um, the guy who wrote the book, Peter Benchley, the, who wrote the Jaws novel, um, diving into his pool and getting attacked by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ramped up from there, the cast and crew. So it was going to be about a, um, another Jaws film being made and uh, the meta sequel yeah the, and then the cast and crew keep annoyingly getting eaten by sharks um including the director would keep getting his toes bitten off by sharks but would treat it as a minor irritation now spielberg didn't take too kindly to being made fun of and for his film to be made fun of so he said i will never set foot on universal lot ever again if you make this film and they said oh no we better do what spielberg says so instead they made jaws 3d <laughs> which is fucking spielberg this known is the, for being like an awful sequel this is the late 80s equivalent of him um ragging on netflix <laughs> yeah but fuck how cool imagine if like the legacy of jaws was that the third one is a parody what it's that's so strange i kind of get where spielberg's coming from yeah yeah but he he, he didn't he didn't foresee the fact that like the, the one they made instead is terrible yeah yeah and it's a, it's a lot less interesting than then yeah and also because he didn't return to the second one because he uh because he was like i've already made essentially i've already made the best shark movie you know Mm. like i've already made the definitive shark movie and um when the original director was fired or or quit or whatever um apparently there was like one weekend where he briefly considered um returning and like wrote a treatment for what he thought the story should be but then was like no actually i don't want to do it um and he was too busy with uh close encounters at the time as well interesting yeah wow what a 
what a life this franchise is much more interesting behind the scenes than yeah hard out of because and like that's the thing is that and i said this to you when when we when um people were voting for it is like it's interesting that people want us to cover the jaws franchise because it's not known because of it being a franchise it's known for being the best movie of all time and it happens to have sequels you know this mm. isn't this isn't like i don't Part know fast and furious yeah, yeah. Yeah, where it, where it's like it's well known because of it being a franchise. This this is like by chance it's a franchise. Yeah, and it's like the first film is as good as its sequels are bad. <laughs> yeah. Also, interestingly, I forgot to mention the last little thing before we move on about Jaws 3D. Um, so it was directed by a guy called Joe Alves. Alves. Um, who this is his only film. Wonder he was why. producer on the first two. And then, That's um, such a shitty joke to make. That was the opposite of me saying who when you mentioned Steven Spielberg at the start. Be like, oh, wonder why. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sure. What else? Has he got other filmmaking credits? Uh, yeah, well, he he produced the first two. Ah, so it's a, uh, what was the Simon Nepotism. Nepotism. Now the guy who directed oh, yeah. Dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah, it is Simon Kinberg, yeah. Yeah. That's a fun. I'm not going to explain that reference for people who don't know the industry as well as you and me. Yeah, except like you started to explain it, and then and then you just and then you bailed. That's good podcasting. <laughs> now that's what I call podcasting, Volume Three. <laughs> now that's what I call podcasting, Volume Three, People Zero. <laughs> Fantastic. This is this is the stuff. This is what the guy who gave us a two star review didn't hear. <laughs> Although he did, he did say we seem like nice guys, which is almost worse. Yeah, that's what's that's what sucked about that review is it wasn't that negative, and then he gave us two stars. No, nah, it was pretty negative. Well, you know, you got to look up and move on. Please, again, review review us five stars on iTunes. I'm going to start saying that heaps now at the start of every episode to get people to do it. Uh, all right, so now we're up to Jaws: The Revenge, directed by Joseph Sargent. Um and what's this one about? Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Zero percent right? on Rotten Tomatoes. Surely, God, what a fuck! This movie's a fuck. I hated this movie. Jaws: The Revenge. Uh, seemingly ignoring the events of Jaws 3D. Um, Michael Brody returns to Amity to console his mother Alan after her youngest son and Michael's younger brother Sean is killed by a great white shark. And when that <laughs> happened, I was like, holy shit! Did Spielberg know about this? That's a horrible thing. That's such a sin of yeah. them. Like the the. It's like in Alien Three, how Newt is dead at the start of Alien Three, and it's the whole like emotional driving force of the of the of Aliens. Yeah. Um, so Alan is convinced that the shark that killed Sean, uh, the the shark that killed Sean, did it as revenge for the now deceased. Uh, Mar- or Martin having so so the main the, the first Brody the main Brody from the first film who's now passed prime you know, Brody. passed away Brody Alpha prime prime Brody Alpha Alpha Brody uh, <laughs> Alpha Brody sounds like what the the actual yeah. alphabet um so yeah she thinks it's re- that the shark killed it as revenge for Martin Brody killing the original shark um so Michael his wife and his uh, young daughter convince Alan to come spend Christmas with them in their new home in the Bahamas. Oh, I don't know if it's their new home, but it's where they live. Um, however, it turns out Alan was right. And the shark is after 
the titular revenge and follows them to the Bahamas, which they say in the film is too warm for a shark um, to finish what it started and end the Brody bloodline once and for all. This time, it's personal again. <laughs> um, well, it's funny you bring that up because so the tagline for this film was this time it's personal. Oh. Um, but you think, oh, unoriginal. But it is original no because this shit. coined the term. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, of course it did. Oh my god! This is the now it's personal movie. Yeah. Oh, this is this time it's personal. Imagine that. Again, more probably more staying power than the movie itself. Probably more staying power than the first Jaws. <laughs> yeah, probably. The other the other main things people know about this movie is the I know that that people know that it's about a shark following people to the Bahamas. Um, cause just cause I that's, didn't know that, but that's fucking hilarious. That's that's like people. Do you know Jaws Four is about this? And um, people also know that Michael Caine, um, who's Michael the most Caine. famous person in the whole franchise, uh, has a Probably. has a um, secondary role, or not even. It's basically a main character in yeah. this film. Um, and he's. Do you have the quote? Should we do the yeah. quote? Oh yeah, I do. So um, I've actually got. There's a few people like who talked about starring or not starring in this film. Um, but this is one of Michael Caine's, Sir Michael Caine's notorious paycheck movies. He he refers to. Um, mm-hmm. So there's the Swarm, Ashanti, Beyond the Poseidon Adventure, The Island, which is also another um, adaptation of a book by what's the guy's name, um, Peter Benchley. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a flop as well. Um, the Hand and Blame It on Rio. When Kane was asked about this movie in an interview, he answered, I've never seen it. And by all accounts, it's terrible. Uh, however, I have seen the house that it built and it is terrific. Because he got paid $1.5 million for seven oh. days of shooting in the Bahamas. Richard, do the accent and the quote. It's, come on. Uh, I've never seen it. But by all accounts, it's terrible. Uh, I've seen it. I've built. Uh, it's terrific. My favorite part of this of Michael Caine's performance in this movie was he's he's like the the like biplane pilot that yeah. flies them around the Bahamas. Biplane, biplane, um, and he's <laughs> and he's telling them the story. Some he's, at some point he's in the plane and he's telling someone a story about like one of his travels to like the Amazon or something like that. And I was like, this is this his line for this is the from the dark knight the uh some men just want to watch the oh, world burn tangerine. like you you could you could a tan size of a tangerine you could you could it, like splice those two scenes together <laughs> it, would, it would sound like one consistent story that's so funny so uh roy scheider mm-hmm. was offered a cameo but declined stating that uh satan himself could not me- get me to do jaws for um, reportedly, if he had accepted the bit part, the shark would have killed his character at the start of the movie. <laughs> the end that, result well, that's is, what, yeah, that's what it feels yeah, like he's, he's going for. Archive footage, but yeah, it, it is. He was meant to like kill. Him. Imagine that. But instead, they went for it to be Sean, and when he died, I was like, I immediately thought back to that scene where he's mimicking um, yeah. uh, Brody in the first movie, and I was like, you like in Jaws canon. Like the official, I have to strip it. I have to decanonize this movie because now, whenever I see Jaws again, I'm gonna see that sweet, beautiful, profound scene where he's like, "Give me a kiss," because I need it, and know that in canon, that kid gets eaten by a shark. He's like, gets tormented by one in Jaws two, and then in Jaws four, he, he like he suffers the worst, like his worst fear. Do you ever watch ER where the guy got his arm chopped off by a helicopter dies by getting crushed by a helicopter? It's like oh, that thing. Really? Yeah. It's like, it's so 
brutal. It's so it's so brutal, and it made me so angry, and I couldn't concentrate on what is like. There are much more like ridiculous things in the movie, but I was like, they killed off the little kid. Like he's grown up, but it's like, yeah. oh my god. Um, also, um, Murray Hamilton, because uh, Roy Scheider wasn't the only person that turned down a role. Uh, Murray Hamilton was asked to reprise his role as the mayor in a short appearance at the start, but instead he died of cancer uh, before filming started. Better way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the the does this ignore the uh, does this ignore Jaws three D? It does ignore Jaws three D. Uh, it's not considered canon by the makers of this film. And the press re- the one of the press releases for Jaws the Revenge says um, the third film in the remarkable Jaws trilogy. Jaws 3D is so much better than Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> that, that, that's what's funny, eh? Like, like yeah. making the call to be like, actually, you know what? Ignore three. This is this time. It's personal. It's the, it's the Terminator again. It's the, the Terminator's yeah, yeah, various yeah. attempts to make a third yeah. film. And now that Dark Fate looks like shit too. Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. We will find well, out. Well, I won't because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, you st- you'll still we find it. out if it's good or not. No, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I and will ignore know, we, critical reception. Because Terminator 2 is my other big, um, other than Jaws is the other big I haven't seen it mm. um, film. So maybe we could cover it for Dark Fate. Um, but anyway, you were saying. Um, the What was I saying? <laughs> this is good podcasting um yeah no i just oh man like dennis because dennis quaid doesn't return as as michael and the, the guy who lo- who plays michael looks way younger than dennis quaid so i was like how is this set before jaws 3 but then also clearly after because one of the characters dies in it. yeah anyway oh my god it's so bad and the the ugh, it's just laughable this whole movie's laughable and I, and I thought it was dumb and i hated it yeah, I really liked it. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. Um, it's interesting. Uh, there's there's a couple of endings to the film as well. Um, so in the original theatrical version, Alan rams the shark with Mike's boat, mortally wounding it. The shark then causes the boat to break apart with its death contortions, forcing the people on the boat to jump off to avoid going down with it. Um, American audiences disapproved of this ending. However. A different ending was ordered to be shot for foreign distribution which the shark gets stabbed um and then explodes that's the ending i saw yeah and so um, is that what you saw as well no i saw the jumping off the boat one interesting Um, okay but um it's yeah because uh the one you saw is the infamous like cable ending that is like considered awful wait so so say again what happens in the one you saw uh the the shark no so the shark gets rammed with the boat which kills it and then okay. the boat also breaks apart and they all have to jump off board right so they board. essentially end pretty yeah. similarly but um oh so did you like how um so she remembers um she like remembers back to the first film when it's like uh what is it like something something you bitch when he like yeah, shoots yeah. the shark smile smile you son of a bitch yeah 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 what a good what a fucking good one-liner right <laughs> yeah um but do you like like she manages to remember something that only the shark heard yeah yeah and yeah, <laughs> only brody experienced um yeah and another one of these flashbacks that they do is to the aforementioned scene where um sean is mimicking 
Brody, the scene I keep talking mm. about. And it's yeah. like, when they showed that, I was like, don't show me it. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie, like, it made me sad, but it was also a bad movie. So it's not like I'm like, it's not like it's like, oh, it's really challenging. It's a really challenging movie. It's just like, this movie fucking sucks. It's so bad. Yeah. But I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say it. I'm not gonna say it's one of the worst movies we've watched because it isn't. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Close. No. <laughs> um. So there's uh, a fun thing. Uh, TV tropes has mm-hmm. a page called Voodoo Shark, uh, which refers to a trope which is explaining a plot hole with another plot hole, and it come. It's named after the novelization for Jaws: The Revenge, where um which was written novelizing the movie the movie's not based on yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's it's the so you can read the movie if you want um so uh, you know often they add scenes and you can you get an insight into what the characters are thinking in certain scenes as well so they're they're quite interesting for um extra i say canon but they're not really considered canon um necessarily so um the a voodoo it turns out a voodoo curse has been placed on martin and his family um and that is to explains how a shark understands the concept of revenge and how it's able to keep finding them uh however the writer does not bother to answer the question of why the voodoo curse was made in the first place or any of the other countless questions that you might have Mm. (laughs) but it goes oh yeah it was because of a voodoo curse that's why it understands revenge and why it's following us Uh, anyway moving on um but yeah so other example the the like um the dialogue example um from something else that it has on tv tropes is in um uh the future army episode where they're underwater and um hermes's like thing has but his like shelter has burned down and then he's like wait how did this even happen and then it's revealed that it was bender's cigar that he left there He's like, this raises further questions. <laughs> and like the, another example, you know, because it's like, wait, how did it burn down? Oh, because of the cigar. But then wait, how does he have a cigar? Yeah, Essentially, yeah. In, any answer that makes you do that. It's the Simpsons with, why is why are the kids here? Because we didn't want to leave them here. Why is Grandpa here? Because Jasper didn't want to come on his own. That's yeah. the line. And Jasper's the least appropriate person to be in the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. All right. It's time to... Continue the franchise. Oh, already? My goodness, I've not even dressed, Richard. I was like, fuck it, do you not think we've talked about Jaws 4 enough? Like, I mean, we've in much the same way of the quality of the film, I think we've like halved the too much we've talked about. Oh, but it does not deserve any more. Yeah, no, fair enough. I do not want to grace this movie with any more dialogue. Yeah. So uh, there is a film called Jaws 5, Cruel Jaws. Cruel Jaws. Um, so Why didn't what did you think it? of that? Um, oh, how embarrassing. Oh, my God. I didn't watch uh, no, it. No, there's like this Italian, um, there's a lot of, there's a few like unofficial sequels and like ripoffs. I mean, you know, it, it invented a genre essentially. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of things that owe their life to Jaws. But yeah, there is, there is an like Italian Placid? ripoff film um, called Jaws 5. And apparently, by all accounts, it's not very good. Um, Tremors? We should watch Tremors. Now? Yep. You just listen to like 10 hours of us watching. Yeah, yeah. Tremors. That's Jaws in the Desert. Tremors. Yeah. There's a few video games. One's called, uh, there's Jaws Unleashed. One simply called Jaws. And an arcade game called Shark Jaws. <laughs> um, Human and- Jaws. There's uh there's a Japanese comic book based on the first movie which has a lot of titties and a lot of blood. Um wow. 
which is just like they, just like know. the human body. Um, but also, it's worth mentioning. Um, in addition to the three sequels we watched, there's another what fifteen sequels um, out there in the ether. Um, I'm referring, of course, to a joke from Back to the Future Part Two, oh, um, right. where uh, Marty McFly arrives in the distant future of 2015, and um, it's so funny how how much Back to the Future as a franchise has changed now. Eh? Yeah, I was, like I was now, just now it's a that. joke that they went to the past. Like for because even in in 2010, it was like 2015 was still the future, but now yeah. it's like four years ago. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, so uh, they to commemorate the 2015 um, release of like re-release of of Back to the Future, uh, they actually made a sequel for Jaws 19. And so yeah, there's a bit in the film where Marty arrives in the future and this giant holographic shark. Um, eats yeah. him and it says it's directed by max spielberg which is steven's son um which again is also funny that like you know steven there's no reason he wouldn't direct it he's still like you know mm. working just as much as he was back then but yeah, they released a trailer which uh explains what all of the films in between are so it says jaws made you afraid to go on the water jaws 2 made you afraid to go back in the water 3d was a new dimension in terror uh and for in jaws the revenge it was personal in five it was just business and the logo has the s as a dollar sign and then six it was strictly for pleasure um, <laughs> and then cyber jaws made you afraid to log on robo jaws made you afraid of robotic sharks <laughs> jaws nine brody's grandson attempted a um uh, oh jesus the fuck that jaws nine brody's grandson assembled a team of shark hunters um then in jaws 10 man it was man versus shark versus all the horrors of the deep and the logo has like octopus tentacles like coming out of it Mm. um and they're just then in space jaws 11 um (laughs) then 12 um was a prequel and called jaws 12 and then 12 and then this jaws 12 part 2 is a sequel to the prequel um (laughs) and then jaws 14 was a new era in terror which is where jaws starts a family uh, and then in Jaws 15, he battles a Russian shark named Ivan Sharkovsky. <laughs> and then in Jaws 16, he takes a bite out of the Big Apple. Jaws 17, 50 scales of grey he learnt about love from a mysterious stranger, which is how you can tell this video was made in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jaws Origins is a reboot, which is implied in the trailer to, to have been good. And then Jaws 19, this time it's really, really personal because that's the tagline that was in Back to the Future. Right. Is it is it not depressing how not that far from actual examples those this like parody series is? You know, like we've seen sequels that that comply to all of the tropes listed in them, and we've seen. What well, I think that's the point is that they're taking. Real yeah, yeah, tropes. and I love that. Like in in a similar way that it's very cute that Back to the Future presumed that 2015 would see such technological advancements um, when we yeah. didn't, we, we weren't even that close. But it's also funny that back then a film having four sequels was like, oh, they're never gonna stop. You know, like yeah, well, that's where the joke comes from is they had it had well three sequels, but it's like yeah. that's not that many. Shrek yeah, well, has that, three that, sequels. No one's yeah. complaining about how they keep making Shrek movies. Uh well, people are complaining they're not making enough of them. But um I'd, I'd say. Gotta break into Area fifty one, dude. Steal Shrek five. Um yeah, uh it's funny as well that um I mean I'm sure we'll get to this at some point in the future, but um uh Predator, the franchise 
was invented because um, they'd made two sequels to Rocky and they were like, and the news of a fourth one being made came out and they were like, well, fuck, what's he going to fight? An alien? And then um, someone was like, wait, Rocky versus aliens. That's pretty good. And so they made Predator and then they wrote Predator. Um, and that was that was the idea of a fourth sequel being ridiculous. A third sequel being ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. A fourth movie. That's, that's so funny that after like a couple of Rocky movies, they're like, there's no one else he could possibly fight except for yeah. something ridiculous as an alien. Yeah. Good stuff. So, continue the franchise. What do you got, big boy? What's my sequel? So, this is something that I've kind of rejiggered into being a continue the franchise. It's more something that occurred to me while watching the sequels. And so it's a a reimagining of Jaws 2 to 4, a, a recut, maybe I'm just remaking them, whatever it is. But I basically had the realization that the Jaws sequels are way more interesting if there isn't a shark in them. (laughs) So if Jaws 2 has the exact same plot, except there isn't actually a shark, so it's Brody four years on dealing with the, the PTSD of the first film, convinced that there's another shark back, but there actually isn't. And it's just a really sad story of people who, how people... I like forever scarred by these like things that that changed their lives, and maybe goes a little more inter- like a little more sad. Like because I was just watching it and be- I was like, this would be so much more interesting if there actually wasn't a shark in it. If Brody was just like if the mirror was right, and and because at one yeah. point he like finds like an undersea photo that was taken by some some um, missing divers, and he's like, there you can clearly see it's a shark in the photo, and I could like. The others can't see yeah. the shark in the photo. I couldn't really see the shark in the photo. Um, oh, so you're going like a Friday the 13th, New Beginning way. Yeah, with the, the fifth, yeah, that's a good way one. to put it. Um, so Jaws 3D, uh, I actually found myself oddly invested in the Brody Brothers lives. The Bro Bros. <clears throat> the Bro Bros. Because, so Michael Brody, um, he... Uh, him and his, his like partner, he's he's got like a a job opportunity in Vanuatu or something, and he's so the whole movie he's talking about how he's got to go to Vanuatu and and they've they're like at one point he says to her because they're like in love and he says to her like you know at some point you and me are going to have to have a, a serious conversation about us, and I was like this is this kind of you know I'm kind of invested in this I'd like to see where it goes and in the end it turns out she decides to go with him and she's like but you know wherever I get get pulled to next year and he's like I'll follow you anywhere you want to go and it was I don't know I inexplicably in this 10% movie I mm-hmm. bought into like this charming quaint love story um and the uh the the story of Sean whose his story gets cut short maybe before the the third act of the film he's not really in the last act of the film um because leah thompson gets le- her leg bitten by a shark the shark um but <laughs> the the first part of the story is he turns up to to um sea world um meets leah thompson's character and it's through her nurturing and her love that he actually steps back into the water for the first time since he was scarred um i mean in this canon it's from jaws 2 if there wasn't a shark in jaws 2 you can find some other reason why he's scared of water um and it's like him overcoming his fear, uh, and I was like, "This is compelling. This is this is all right. It's not bad stuff." Um, and then Jaws: The Revenge, um, again, it is probably more interesting to watch the story of a woman whose son was eaten by a shark go to the Bahamas and is convinced that there's a shark following her when there actually isn't, 
and it's yeah. like the story about how Michael Caine, this like charming biplane pilot, turns yeah, up. There, there was a filmed um, uh, subplot about him like smuggling drugs and shit like that as well. That you know, wow, add, add further into her delusions. Yeah, you could, you could add that into, it. and it's it's like a um a um as good as it gets jack nicholson type story of like elderly love you know between like someone with a traumatic um thing that's happened to them um going on holiday and learning how to to find hope with you know a charming pilot she meets in the bahamas and that's my that's my pitch is just take the shark out of the sequels they become better movies that's great so i um my i've got a couple of days for my continue the franchise one is to just finally make Jaws five people zero, mm-hmm. um, and but the other one, I just keep going further with making the shark fucking a supervillain. Yeah, that like yeah, like um, I can't, I haven't done a good like subtitle or anything like that, but like you know, have him come out of the water. Yeah, and walk Jaws around. Jaws evolution. And it's just yeah. they they through a scientific experiment they rapidly increase the speed at which a creature can evolve and target on a great white shark because you know humans came from the ocean and within days it's on land and it I mean it'd be a human I guess it wouldn't be a shark all right and it's midpoint between ape and fish it's like a terrifying shark with legs yeah fuck yeah just just fuck go yeah. nuts with it like and, and yeah you know he's he's following again like the the son of the mayor who's now getting into politics or something yeah, like that. You yeah, know? because what Spielberg clearly didn't understand with Jaws 3D is that once your series is becomes a shadow of its former self, you have two choices. You either attempt to scramble some kind of um, pride and some kind of... Um, you know seriousness and 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 attempt to make it still at least try to be as good or you increase that shadow you make that Mm. shadow even larger by going deeper and deeper into it which produces the more enjoyable films yeah very nice all right is that jaws that's jaws (laughs) and all that jaws that should be a um a sequel from the jaws 19 trailer yeah i did um i was going to pitch um my other idea was to do an underwater, um, like Jurassic Park type film called Jaws Jurassic Park. Nice, um, you've pitched that before. Yeah, I have. Um, all right, well that is film franchise fortnights for another fortnight. Whoa. Um, we're doing something very special next fortnight, aren't we, AJ? Do you want to explain that? I will, but before I do, Richard, I would just like to to compel people um, <laughs> to, to go leave a five star review on to iTunes. Do it, leave a five star review on iTunes, but then also you can leave us a five star review on Facebook and like our Facebook page, Cult Popcher. Um, you can subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Acast and iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Instagram, where we post photos of us watching each movie as we watch it. Um. Um, yeah, so do do all that kind of kind of shit, um, and that's how we become a podcast with plenty more two star reviews, which is always the goal. Um, so next week, next franchise, next fortnight, we're doing something a little bit different for Halloween. We are doing um, so kind of a a sequel to the podcast we did last Christmas, which was called uh, Festive Fan Film Franchise Fortnight's Festive Fan Fiasco. Uh, where we 
went to three of our, uh, our, our, well, our, our patrons, but also fans, and we were like, hey, you know, a lot of the things that people will send us messages asking about um, is can we come on the podcast and talk about a franchise with you? And the way, if you want to be part of that, if you want to go into the draw, becoming a patron is the way to do that. So you can actually do that at patreon.com slash cultpopshire. Um, and uh, so next week we are doing the Freaky Fan Fiasco. Richard, next fortnight, sorry. Film yeah. franchise Fortnite's Freaky Fan Fiasco where we are watching three two-film horror franchises with three different guests. So one guest per two-film franchise. Yeah. Um, and those uh, franchises are, if you're wanting to watch along, um, because I think one of them especially is going to very much benefit if you've seen... Actually, probably all of them. Um, so, what 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 franchises? What fil- two film franchises are we going to be discussing? We have got an American Werewolf in London and an American Werewolf in Paris. Mm-hmm. That's one franchise, and we've got Happy Death Day and its sequel, Happy Death Day to You. And then we also have Twenty Eight Days and Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Yes. So, please watch those films if you can. Um, I'm just expecting it of our listeners now to watch, <laughs> watch the films that we talk about. Uh, and we'll be back in um, one fortnight time to talk. You're going to get three mini episodes of this show in one episode. Yeah. And uh, next week on the show, I don't want to spoil what it is, but it's Halloween themed and it's very spooky. Yeah. Mm. Ah, ah, S- ah. Spookier than a shark having revenge <laughs> in the Bahamas. Uh, all right. And uh, we're not just stalling for ideas. Um, we actually do have something. And we've actually already recorded part of it before we did this. So yeah, a so for you. shut up, So Kyle. fuck off. <laughs> Done. Well, do, because this podcast's over. <laughs> Five stars on iTunes. Five stars on iTunes. <laughs>